All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Face off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 33 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me live, we've got Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, D? Doing pretty good. You know, as good as I could be. Uh, you know, what are we, two days Two days out from uh, another Game 7 loss to the Boston Bruins? It's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm happy because the Red Wings finally hired Steve Eiserman to be their general manager. So things are looking up as a Red Wings fan. That's nice. It's, it's good. Ken Holland got out of the way. Yeah, finally. Seems really happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that press conference, he just sat there. Just like, to but, be uh, fair, that's, you know, that's his expression literally all the time. So true. Pretty sure he was holding the cup making that face. Yeah, probably true. Um, so Dylan D is with me. I don't know why I said that again. But uh, <laughs> Biebs is not. Uh, we had to record this early so that we could get it out before the start of the second round. So... Uh, me and Dylan holding down the fort here. We got Beebs' pick for the second round. We got Chris Abbott joining us later in the show. Hey, Chris. Uh, to talk about these series from a betting perspective. But as always, the Daily Face Off po- podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Odd Shark. Uh, head over to Odd Shark to get all sorts of trends. 
they have a computer that makes picks before every game. Uh, and it's doing pretty well in the playoffs, I must say. So head over, check some, some of that out. Uh, you know, if you want to bet on the, the NHL playoff games, uh, they have all sorts of trends, whether or not it's, uh, you know, you can go look at the team's game log, whether or not they went over under in the last 10 games, all sorts of different betting trends. So makes it a little bit easier to dissect these games uh, from a betting standpoint. So if you're interested in that, because there's no fantasy hockey really in uh, the postseason, go check out Odd Shark. So Dylan, first round was absolutely insane. Bonkers. Second round uh, could be just as crazy. All four division winners knocked out. Yep. Uh, nobody saw this coming, but here we are. Uh, so let's start right away. You mentioned the Boston Bruins getting by uh, your Maple Leafs again in Game Seven. Uh, no rest. Yeah, start there. No rest for the Bruins. Uh, they get right back into it against the Blue Jackets tonight. Mm. Blue Jackets have not played since sweeping the Lightning. Yeah. I think their last game was April sixteenth. So, yeah, and this will be Boston's eighth playoff game in sixteen days. Crazy. So. Blue Jackets are well rested. Um, who do you like in this series? Can the Blue Jackets kind of continue their run? Uh, they, you know, they obviously looked dominant against the Lightning after a slow first period, and then just ran through them the rest of the series. Got to be, got to be something there. You don't just run through a sixty-two win hockey team uh, for fun. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of that series was just all the special teams too. We mm-hmm. talked about it how much uh, Columbus's power play was just able to blow that series wide open for them. Uh, I don't really know what to make of the rest and, you know, the potential fatigue the Bruins could be facing uh, because, you know, coming off a nine-day rest is far from the ideal scenario. You know, mm-hmm. a nice two, two, three days, I think, is really all the players need at this point to rejuvenate. We see uh, what happens uh, when teams come off their midday or mid-season break. Uh, Get really, off slow start. Yeah, you, you tend to struggle uh, across the board. That's what we've seen since they implemented uh, you know, basically those spring breaks for the teams, and that's only a five-day break. So mm-hmm. I would be weary of the nine days off for Columbus, but at the same time, you know, you got to imagine fatigue is going to start to set in uh, for the Bruins. Like I said, eight playoff games in 16 days, and they're pretty much just going to stay at that pace from here on out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think eventually that's going to turn into Columbus's favor. Game one, I don't know. I think there's going to be some rust there, and it could kind of offset uh, any potential fatigue, uh, especially because the game's in Boston as well. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. They need Bobrovsky to be to be sharp as well. Uh, the Bruins penalty kill, obviously, you know, for the better part, it's five six seasons now has been one of the best and most consistent in the NHL. This year was no different, uh, and they certainly showed that again in round one against the Maple Leafs. I think just holding them to three power play goals. Um, so I, I think they're pretty well suited to stop what was a red hot power play for Columbus. Again, I gotta think taking nine days off uh, might cool down that forty eight percent power play. I think they were clipped. Clipped at fifty one, yeah, right on the nose. So yeah, fifty right on the nose. Yeah, so I, you know, obviously they didn't need all, all the goals that they did get on the man advantage. They mm-hmm. could take a step back production wise, but it, it's going to be pretty huge for the Boston. Obviously, one of the best five v five teams in the NHL. Yep. Uh, Columbus no slouch in that category either. Uh, probably the most balanced top twelve uh, in hockey this year. Uh, their fourth line pretty much can skate on par with any team's third or even yeah. second line. Um, but Boston's top six, I, I think, is going to be the difference in, in this one, I, especially if they keep Pasternak with Krejci. I really like that look for them. It really Absolutely. helps them attack uh, the Duchesne line, which uh, lines centered by Duchesne are always going to be susceptible defensively. So uh, I think that's the plan to attack, at least on home ice. I think it makes a lot of sense. You can always put Pasternak back up later in the mm-hmm. game if, you're down uh, goal if the situation or calls for it. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Bruins in that series. It'll be interesting to see how the fatigue kind of comes into play. I think if they can get out, uh, get out ahead early, uh, take advantage of home ice in games one and two. 
uh, then that'll go a long way and pretty much mitigate any fatigue and could potentially give them a break yeah. uh, heading into the third round. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I think they need to uh, kind of get out ahead early, though, because like I said, the legs are only going to start to slow down as the series goes on. They have to go another seven games. Uh, I think it's a pretty tough task to play in, you know, another 14 high-intensity games and uh, less than a month. Yeah, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, maybe there's some rust for, sure. uh, for Columbus. But in the playoffs, it is so important because it's such a physical grind to get some time off. And they've had, you know, literally almost two, uh, two full weeks off. They've mm-hmm. been off for nine days, I believe. Uh, and now they come in very well rested. Bobrovsky played a ton down the stretch. He's ready to go. He'll be fresh. Uh, the same cannot be said for Tuka Rask, uh, although Boston does have Yaroslav Halak in the wings of anything. Yeah, yeah, I think, like I said, we're definitely going to see that start to turn in their favor yeah. towards the end of the series. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just come out and uh, look you know, pretty awful, pretty stagnant in the first period. The other thing, though, too, is really Boston only got by Toronto because of their power play as well. I mean, yep. you know, as impressive as uh, Columbus's 5 for 10 was on the power play against the Lightning. Uh, the Bruins' second-best power play in the playoffs so far, 43.8%, mm-hmm. uh, was the big difference for them. Uh, one of the things I said when we previewed the Columbus Lightning series was that Columbus might be one of the you know teams that matches up the best with the Lightning, uh, specifically because they had the top-ranked penalty kill this year, uh, and they were able to you know continue that trend, 85% in the regular season, 83.3% mm-hmm. uh, against the lightning. So if they can cool Boston's power play off a little bit, I think it should be able to mitigate a little bit of the, uh, you know, offset kind of the dip in power play production that they're probably going to see yeah. too. I think you'd, you you could expect probably both power plays to cool off because both penalty kills are pretty damn good. Uh, and then it comes down to a five on five game. And, you know, I think Boston probably has a slight advantage, but these teams literally look like mirror images of each other um, in terms of depth Obviously, you're going to have the pandering line. It's going to have a tough time getting anything going against Bergeron. Um, but if you look, the one big difference to me is, you know, as a Leaf fan, you saw it time and time again. You know, you've got Zdeno Chara getting exposed by the mm-hmm. speed of, you know, a Marner or whatever, and he's he's out there logging 20, 20 plus minutes a yeah, night. He looks and, old, and he does look old. Where on in Columbus, they can play their top pair twenty five minutes a night, and you got Wierenski and Jones, who are one of the best defensive pairings in the NHL. They have a huge advantage there. They should be able to slow down the Bergerons, the Marshall, and the Pasternak yeah. uh, with that top pair. And it's just so much better um, than than what Boston has uh, in a 42-year-old Zdeno Chara. And then you've got... Yeah, that's um, why I think McAvoy and Krug are going to be have huge. to be big yeah. in the series. And Brandon gonna, Carlo as well. I, I, like, I really do think they're going to have to... Uh, make up for what Zidane Char lacks in the blue lines, and he did get away with a, a lot of you know borderline picks. Yeah, for sure. And they were the refs were looking for it as the series went on too, right? They so called I, quite a few of them, but they yeah. let up still a lot of them. I know, so that that could continue to be an issue. Uh, you know, at Tortorella, the Blue Jacks had a long time to sit back and watch, oh, yeah. study the film. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know if you're looking at that Boston blue line, it's funny to say it, but I think Chara is definitely the one to attack right now. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, the same can be said, though, about the Blue Jackets. They need a guy like David Savard to have another really good series. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a depth. I think like that's where like their top sixes should saw each other off for the most part. It's going to be, uh, you know, come down to the depth of both these teams. And they both have a lot of it. Look at Game 7. I mean, the Leafs uh, allow the, the Bruins' fourth line to score, what, two goals, I think? Yeah, and uh, and then that was the difference. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, like you said, Boone Jenner probably the best fourth line center in hockey. Uh, 
that uh, Texier guy, Texier comes up. All yep. he does is score, apparently. So that's pretty good third line. It's going to just be a depth game. Uh, I have Columbus actually winning this series in seven games. How about you? I took Boston in seven. I, I do think it's going to be a tight series. Uh, I just think the experience and uh, the advantage, you call it a slight advantage, I think it's a little bit more than that at 5v5 for Boston. Mm-hmm. I think Columbus is really going to need uh, to win on special teams uh, to be able to move on from the series just because I think Boston's going to have the head start at 5v5. And they're pretty evenly matched up on special teams, mm-hmm. pretty evenly matched up in, in goal as well. So I'll give the slightest of edge to Boston. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see the fatigue kick in towards the end of that series uh, and just see Columbus run away with it. And Beebs, what's Beebs' pick uh, for this first round matchup? Beebs took Columbus in seven as well, uh, and added teams a wagon, which I'm not. I think he means it's a good bandwagon team right now. I think it means that they're heavy. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not but he sure. likes Columbus in seven. So uh, all three of us have this series going seven. Yeah, expecting a very close series here. Uh, be interesting to see what happens tonight because, like I said, it's going to be rust versus fatigue, and yeah. it's always an entertaining match. I just really want to. Uh, I just really want Columbus to kind of make this run. Uh, I just torch is a beauty. Yeah, and uh, it would be sure. nice. Like I don't know if I want them to win the cup, but I want them definitely to get past Boston. It would just be hilarious to see like the, like the final four teams because it's like it could so easily happen. Just be four teams that we had no expectations. Like imagine like a. Like Columbus wins a series and then it's like Columbus Islanders or mm-hmm. Columbus Hurricanes in the second or in the third round, like that would be just phenomenal. Yeah. I'd love every I'd love every bit of it because yeah. uh, it's just the parody in the NHL is just insane. Uh, let's move along. We'll stay in the Eastern Conference. Islanders Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes were able to get past the Capitals last night in Game Seven, double overtime. Yep. Literally the exact same thing uh, in this series. You've got a team that swept the first round, been waiting for for almost two weeks against a team that went. Seven games in the first round. It's going to be another matchup of fatigue versus rust. Um, Robin Lehner, obviously sensational uh, all season long. Did not uh, slow down a single bit in the in the first round of the playoffs. Was able to really stymie the likes of uh, you know Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel. Uh, put up a one forty seven goals against average, nine fifty six save percentage, tops in the in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, do you think Robin Lehner keeps it rolling and? The Islanders are able to get past the Hurricanes here? It's going to be an entertaining or an interesting matchup, I should say. Uh, I'd expect the Hurricanes, obviously, to have a pretty stark advantage at 5v5. <laughs> We're used to seeing that from them. Uh, and it really is going to ha- come down to Robin Lehner. He needs to be 930-plus again in this series. Uh, he's proven to be totally capable of that this season. He hasn't really flinched at all. He's been consistent all season long. Uh, and, you know, worst-case scenario, they got Thomas Grice sitting in the wings uh, waiting to go as well. So... I uh, think the Islanders are set up pretty well in that regard. I, I think they're much better in tune to beat this Carolina team uh, than they were the Capitals, just because the Islanders are, are a team that's, uh, you know, ha- however sustainable you think it is, they found a lot of success this year by kind of uh, not exactly outpossessing the opponent, but keeping them out of the dangerous areas. And again, that's uh, been an issue of Carolina going back the last two or three seasons now. Possession's always been there, but getting the high danger chances. Uh, has been a bit of an issue, at least relative to the amount of uh, you know shot attempts they've put on net. So uh, that'll be really interesting to watch. You know, I don't know if it'll be the most entertaining series. Uh, not dying to watch this one by any means. Islanders are going to do anything they can to slow down the pace of play, uh, and it's really going to be uh, just how much Robin Lehner can survive. Uh, but yeah, Peter Mrazek's going to need to continue to be good. I know you're a pretty 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 big uh, proponent of Mrazek's, uh, but he's going to need to be pretty sharp here. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need to outplay Laner, but he needs to stay within his realm of per, uh, production anyway. So, uh, 
going to be an interesting one. It's really just going to come down to goaltending, I think, because you know Carolina's going to have the edge at 5v5. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to be goaltending. This is all goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Hurricanes were able to get past the Capitals uh, behind an 899 save percentage from Peter Mrazek. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers are a little bit skewed. He was phenomenal on home ice and struggled on the road. Um, I, I still like the Hurricanes in this one. I did, they're just so dominant at 5v5. Uh, and they're going to be, you would assume, a lot healthier here in the first, uh, second round story. Getting Furland and Sveshnikov back is going to be massive for them. I don't really know. They haven't said a whole lot about Furland, uh, but it seems like Sveshnikov's right on the cusp of returning. And, I mean, he was, he was great in the couple games that he played yeah. uh, the first round. He uh, offers a, um, some game-breaking talent that the Hurricanes kind of lack. You know, they're a solid team uh, up and down the lineup. But, I mean... Realistically, like how how many people do you have to slow down on the Islanders? Like how many? Like if Jordan Stahl can do a good job against that top line, I just yeah. don't know how the Islanders score. And it's the same thing I said in the first round, and they proved me wrong. They, excuse me, they went out and scored. Everly was great. Barzil was great. Bailey was great. Brock Nelson, you know, they all got it done against the Penguins. But can they continue this? I just, I, I they're so heavily reliant on Laner, and Laner's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine. I just don't know if they can score enough goals. But do they even need to? I just don't know if they need to. Like that's the thing. Like, I don't. Like, I don't believe in them scoring, and I think that. Well, they don't think they need to, right? But they're they're relying on getting severe, well above average goaltending, and again, that's going to need to happen. I, there's really no reason not to believe in it. I, I just think it's going to be a pretty tough task for Leaner. And again, I, I think the rust could come into play. Carolina, a younger team. I don't think we need to be as worried about the fatigue there. Just it's all about getting healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a close series, uh, but it, it's going to come all down to goaltending. So I have to give the edge to the Islanders. I'll take the Islanders in six. Um, although I do think Carolina is going to outplay them basically every single game, but I, I don't know if it's going to matter. I think that I'm going to take Hurricanes in seven because um, I think it's going to be a lot like this other series, uh, like against Washington. I think they're going to be able to win on home ice and they're going to struggle on the road a little bit. And uh, you know that, that, that their arena is absolutely bumping. Yeah. <laughs> it is phenomenal atmosphere in uh, in Raleigh. So I think that they're going to be able to take care of business on home ice, and then it's just a matter of can they get it done in Game 7 uh, once again. So I like the Hurricanes in 7. Uh, I agree, though. It's probably not going to be the most exciting series. Could be really low scoring. Yeah. Uh, who's Beeps got? Uh, Beeps has New York at 5. Said it would have been 4 if they were playing at Nassau. Um, he really liked that Nassau thing last week. Yeah, so. makes sense. Yeah. So 5, eh? That's interesting. Yeah. Really does not believe in the boy Peter Barazic. We'll see. Um... So you've got um, who do you have coming out of the conference finals if you if you pick those two for uh, two second round <laughs> matchups? Um, Boston and the Islanders. Yeah, but who do you have? Winning, who would you have? Oh, coming a guy actually, obviously Boston. Boston. Yeah. All right. I would have to go with. Uh, ooh, I don't even know. I guess Columbus. If it's Columbus and Carolina, I'd have to give a <laughs> wow. Yeah, crazy. Uh-huh. I'm either gonna be I could be totally wrong, but like I don't even I don't even fear being wrong in the playoffs because nobody's been right yet. So yep. it's been impossible. I mean you could win a you could win your bracket pool by like two out of five or <laughs> two, two out, out of eight, eight I yeah. mean, sorry, and then just you know, whatever. All right, let's move to the Western Conference. Another game starting tonight or another series starting tonight. Uh we are all in on the St. Louis Blues. That's the only matchup I got right. I got both of these uh both of these winners. <laughs> the only matchup uh many of us got right. Uh the Blues, we we're all in. Here they are. We had them both going into the finals. Yeah. Is it going to stop against Dallas? Are they going to be able to continue to roll over them? Obviously, before 
Uh, the playoffs started. You had St. Louis and Dallas meeting in the second round. St. Yep. Louis getting by Dallas. Uh, we, we said time and time again, the hardest matchup they're going to run into is probably Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They were able to get by him in six. Now they see Dallas. Obviously, Ben Bishop's been great this year, but where do you see uh, the advantage here for St. Louis? Uh, the, definitely the depth, right? It, mm-hmm. It's been an issue all along for the Stars, uh, you know, uh, contrary to what their CEO, Jim Lights, tried to make us all think mm-hmm. earlier in the season. It's not uh, because of a lack of production out of their star players. Uh, it really is a depth issue for the Stars. And, you know, it's gotten a little bit better, admittedly, towards the end of the season with Zuccarello coming in and then the emergence of Rupa Hintz. Uh, Rupa Hintz, sorry. Uh, so I, I think that does help a little bit. But then when you look against the Blues, that's one of the most balanced top nines uh, in the NHL, at least still left uh, playing right now at this point anyway. So I, I think you really got to look at it as a sense of if the O'Reilly-Tarasenko line uh, can go even with Dallas's top line, then the Blues should have no problem advancing from this series. And when you look at the numbers, there's no reason not to expect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit of a disappointing round one from Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Uh, but, you know, the Blues really flashed their strength and, you know, showed that they don't necessarily need to rely on their top line for production because they have Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, Tyler Brozak, Pat Maroon, Rob Thomas, all these guys playing down the lineup that are capable of scoring uh, and producing for this team. So I, I think when, you know, you go down, I would expect Schwartz and Shen... Uh, to have a significant advantage over the Hints line, and you keep on going even further uh, against the Fax and Spezza lines. you got to love Bozak and Maroon and Thomas in that matchup as mm-hmm. well. So I just think 5v5 uh, is going to be so heavily in the Blues' favor. The only way the Stars move on, and it's totally possible if Ben Bishop puts up at like a 950 save percentage in this series, was he needed a 940 to get by the Predators in six games. So he's going to need to continue to be just as good. Uh, then, of course, insane that the Blues have had one of the best goalies in the second half of the season, Jordan Biddington. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid has not really flinched at all yet. Had that one off game yeah. uh, against the Jets where I think he gave up six. But aside from that, he was rock Great. solid in that first series. Uh, and yeah, he doesn't need to be excellent to win this series. He just needs to kind of stay within earshot of uh, Bishop. As long yeah. as Bennington turns in above average numbers, I think the Blues move on easily in this series. Uh, both of these teams are very good on special teams as well. So I think when you just look at it, the Blues have the clear advantage at 5v5. And I don't think... Uh, special teams and goaltending are enough to make up for that for the Stars. So I got the Blues moving on in six. Yeah, I think they're just, like you said, they're just better equipped to deal with Dallas's top line yeah. than Nashville was. Uh, they're just a big, that's a big physical line. Like that, Those three together, they're they're beasts. And I think, you know, the likes of Ryan O'Reilly, you've got Petrangelo, Perico, they should be able to, to deal with them a little bit better. Um, and, you know, just, just like you said, with the Blues being able to get by the Jets with literally nothing from their top line mm-hmm. offensively, if they do anything in the second round, they should be able to run all over Dallas. Uh, I think it is going to be a tight series. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I have St. Louis in six as well. you got to give Ben Bishop a little bit of credit. He's been outstanding all uh, all season. Uh, Vesna finalist. Should so. probably win it. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But. I think the only thing that's going against him is the fact that he only played like 48 games. Just or 46, like yeah. Or 46. But Laner got nominated too, right? A, mm-hmm. a finalist too. And yep. uh, he played, I think, 41. I think they split right on the nose. 40 or 41. So, uh, yeah. I, I, that is obviously the knock on Bishop. Um, but I think you can't argue the fact that, uh, you know, he they're not really even a playoff team, let alone a second round team uh, without him in net. So, yeah, um, you've got a 9.22 save percentage from uh, at 5v5 at least from Bennington in the first round. Uh, 9.32 from Ben Bishop. Um, goaltending is going to be huge, like yeah. it all is in every series. But Bennington has been great since he got called up. He was rock solid in the first round. I just, 
I think he can keep up with them. I can he can do enough, and there's there's just a bigger edge uh, up front yeah. for St. Louis. It's just it's hard to it's hard to see how Dallas pulls another one. Off. Right, they needed to absolutely blank the Predators' power mm-hmm. play, right? They, and they did. 15 for 15. I, I talked about a lot on the podcast. Predators, just a dreadful power play, dead last in the league. Uh, so I don't think they can expect that same success against the Blues, even though the Stars are a very good penalty-killing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, if they do have an advantage on special teams, I think it's negligible. Uh, and and that can combine, again, with Binnington being able to at least keep pace with Bishop, uh, I think is going to be enough for the Blues to move on. Yeah, Nashville easily could have won that series if they just get a couple power play goals. It's mm-hmm. all they need to do is to score a few, just be just be half decent on the power yeah, play. Even if they just replicated their twelve percent. Exactly. Or <laughs> St. Louis is not going to go over fifteen on the power play, and uh-huh. that's that's going to make up the difference mm-hmm. that Nashville just couldn't do. Uh, Beebs also has St. Louis in six, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the final series in the Western Conference. We've got Colorado and San Jose, uh, the Avalanche. Surprised everybody, running all over the flames. The Sharks, I don't even want to talk about how they got past Vegas. It was total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> me and Chris will get to it a little bit later in the show. Um, Avalanche, Sharks, who's got this one? This is this is going to be a fun series. I, I Yeah, I mean, obviously, the advantage has got to go to the Sharks. Uh, the one big push going for... Uh, the Avalanche in this series is goaltending. That's their that's the real advantage they're going to need to cling to. Uh, but you know, I, I said it before the last series. Martin Jones, uh, for all of his inconsistencies, does just happen to turn in an outstanding a fifty-seven game save <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, so uh, I do think you know if they can get another one or two games out of Jones in this one, they can deal with mediocre to below average goaltending mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Um, you know, Grubauer's been great. I have trouble putting that much stock into him where he can be the difference in this series, even though obviously I'm not the biggest Martin Jones fan. I think this is a pretty good matchup for them as far as overcoming that uh, uh, weakness in net. Uh, and they're clicking right now. You know, the, obviously the power play is clicking four goals in four minutes uh, on that major penalty. You can say what you want about the call, uh, but, you know, some blame obviously has to side with Vegas' penalty kill when you're giving up four goals in four minutes. Yeah, I mean, they were down to their two best penalty killers at the time, too. You're up three goals at the time of a, you know, unfortunate, <laughs> obviously wrong call. I don't mm-hmm. think you can pin an entire loss, an entire season, especially when you're up 3-1 in the series. Their second 3 nothing lead of that series as well, so. The one thing, too, is second that, goal, like, yeah. the, uh, I just don't know why Gallant did not call, like, a timeout just to, to let them catch their breath. Like, it was, it was kind of mismanaged there. I didn't love it, but. Yeah. Um, the Avalanche averaged 41 shots per game in the first round against Calgary. Uh, if you're firing 41 at Martin Jones, you're scoring like seven, probably. Yeah, you would think. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I just don't know how. Um, I don't know how San Jose stops McKinnon. I just don't like. I don't know how anybody stops Nathan McKinnon yeah. at this point. Well, you don't need to stop him. You just need to kind of maintain him. Right? Yeah. Like if you keep him, if you keep that line around one goal a game. Uh, yeah, exactly. Easier said than done, especially the way they're playing right now. But it's a very hot and cold line. You've seen that the last two mm-hmm. seasons. So uh, I have my doubts whether McKinnon can keep this up for a full playoff run, especially against a blue line as strong as San Jose's. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch for sure. I would not be surprised to see him completely victimize Martin Jones multiple times in this series. Uh, but Jones can have a few bad games, and San Jose can so easily come on it's the exactly right side what, of this. Exactly what we said before the first round, and it happened. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. He did it. Yeah, obviously we have to feel better about this matchup than going up against the Golden Knights for yeah. the Sharks, right? So uh, as good as the Avalanche played, it's obviously very encouraging uh, for that fan base, for Beebs heading into this matchup. Mm-hmm. It's certainly doable for them, uh, but it's going to take some out 
outstanding individual efforts from Philip Grubauer and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, so I have, a, I have a hard time putting as much stock into that when you look at how, uh, how strong the Sharks are as a whole. Uh, obviously, Pavelski's injury or injury status will have a lot to yeah. do with that as well. Even Eric Carlson didn't look like he was a hundred percent in that first round series. Well, Still I, put up nine points. Yeah, which again, is insane. But <laughs> I think a lot of that too is getting up to full speed. Mm-hmm. It, it, who knows if he's still dealing with something or not? But he played so little down the stretch that I, I think you know inevitably, especially the way he plays, it's going to take a few games to get up to that full game speed. Um, so I'd feel pretty good about the Sharks right now. You know, you've seen that flashes of brilliance from Martin Jones, which is why uh, the team has stuck with him that long. It's why the coaching staff still believes with him because mm-hmm. he does have the ability uh, to kind of lock in on any given night. Uh, Consistency is always the issue, but I, I think if they can get two really good games out of Jones in the series, they'll, they'll walk away with it. They can kind of deal with mediocre goaltending the rest of the way. This is another one of those series where we're talking about rust versus rest. And I think that this whole series is going to come down to whether or not Colorado can go into San Jose in game one mm-hmm. and pull off a win. If they can just take home ice away from San Jose, win game one or two, doesn't matter, I guess, yeah. right? Split the split it and come home, maybe split it again yeah. or whatever. They just need to take one in San Jose. If they do, I think they win the series. If they don't, they're done. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy to play in Colorado. I just... <laughs> True. I just don't think, like, still, somehow, still, Nathan McKinnon is not getting enough respect anywhere. Like, it's just, he was so unbelievable in that first round. Miko Rantan finally seems to be back to full health. He was great, too. Yeah. I think the Avalanche keep it rolling, but another one of these seven-game series, in my opinion. But it could easily, I think either the Avalanche win in seven or they lose in five. <laughs> like, it's like, they just need to take one on the road, and yeah. I think that they can push it the, the distance. And, and and get on top of Martin Jones enough. Uh, it, it's the 2019 playoffs. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to pick a favorite ever again. It's just all underdogs from here on out. Sure. Just, you got to nail them. Sure. I got Sharks in six. But, uh, again, I just think, uh, you know, I have a little bit more faith in Martin Jones at this point. I, I at least think, you know, the confidence is there. Because uh, he did play well in game seven, too, you know, as well as you can with giving up four goals. But that's kind of his MO, right? He, yeah. He, he, he can battle. He's a gamer for sure. Uh, for whatever that's worth, like he, you know, he's never going to take himself out of a game, right? Uh, and we saw that in that game. Even when they're down three nothing, he still made some big saves to give this team a chance to potentially even claw back. And obviously, the rest did the rest of that work for yeah, them. Yeah, a lot of legwork from uh, from the stripes. Yeah, so uh, I think you know, just obviously they were outmatched in goal in that first round with with Vegas, uh, and they came out on the right side of that for <laughs> for however how you feel. Uh, about the results or the outcome of that series. Uh, I think, you know, logically you have to look at this series and think obviously they have uh, an even larger advantage with the 18 guys out front of Martin Jones. So, I, I, and again, I, I felt a lot worse about them going up against Marc-Andre Fleury than I do about Phil Grubauer, uh, even with how good Grubauer has played over the last two months now or whatever yeah. it's been. Uh, so, I, I think the Sharks will, will be able to get out here. I would not be surprised to see them lose a, a a game or two, giving up six, seven goals, <laughs> right? I, I think you're kind of due for one of those for Martin Jones, then you're probably due for another 45 save, 50 yeah. save performance as well. Uh, so I like the Sharks to get by in this one. Uh, again, would not be surprised at all if Grubauer and McKinnon kind of spearhead another quick series win for the Avalanche. Uh, but I think if they can keep that line just relatively in check, keep them at a goal, maybe even a goal half per game, your depth, if you're the San Jose Sharks, should be able to take care of it from there. Yeah, it's all going to come down to Grubauer and Jones. Obviously, goaltending is going to keep talking about it. But the Sharks were absolutely lit up by Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Yeah. Paul Stastny. 
I mean, when you got Landis, Cog, McKinnon, and Randon out there, they're mud, they're a better line than those three. Yeah, but you know, there's also a, you know more uh, legitimate threats around the rest of the Vegas lineup. Absolutely. Right? Like for those first few games, uh, San Jose was kind of treating the March So Carlson Smith line as a top as the primary mm-hmm. uh, matchup, the primary line to be concerned with. And then obviously, as that went on, they shifted their attention to the Stastny line, and uh, their production tailed off towards the end of the series. So maybe something to make out of that uh, also coincides with Jones's turn in his play towards the end of the series. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Obviously, I, all these matchups are gonna come down to goaltending. Uh, that's how the playoffs works. Yeah, uh, but it, or, refer, or referees. Yeah, that's or true. Uh, so yeah, special teams, goaltending. It's all that really matters, right? And Biebs has <laughs> Sharks in six, but for uh, for a funny reason. Yeah, he took Flames in six in round one, and the Avs won. So he says he's gonna stick with that same system, hoping the Avalanche can still prove him wrong again. So. Well, then I'm all in on the Avalanche. If that's how if that's how an Avalanche fan is gonna go about it, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the Avalanche. I think the one thing too that we didn't really get a chance to talk about was Kale McCarr. Looks sure. pretty good. In his first couple games in the NHL, uh, now he's had a, you know an extra week and you know in practice and whatever. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think he could make a difference. Uh, they're going to probably get uh, Samuel Gerrard back as well. Maybe Derek Broussard, you would imagine, will be back. Uh, so lineup yeah. is lineup is not the deepest, but I just think that they don't need to be the deepest when you got Nathan McKinnon yeah. at the top of the lineup. He's just let's, the best uh, best player in the in the, in the NHL uh, left in the in the playoffs right let's now. Let's place a prop bet on Semyon Varlamov starting the game in this series. What are the odds on that right now? I'm not sure that even exists, but if there is, <laughs> I, it could definitely happen. Yeah. Or at least he's definitely probably going to get into one. I would imagine. I have, I think if Grubauer has two off games to start the series, they go down two nothing. Not even off games, but you know if he flirts with it like a nine ten. It's amazing how good he's been, but his, his leash is still so. Short. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, and I how don't bad think, Martin Jones has been. Yeah, I don't think they would hesitate. To go to Valoma, which is pretty funny because we're talking about how much it's going to ta- come down to Grubauer versus yeah. Jones. Uh, you know, nine thirty nine. I think it was yeah, nine thirty nine save percentage in the first round for for Philip Grubauer. So you'd you'd expect uh, you'd expect him to continue to play well. Uh, at least I hope that's what happens. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the thirty third episode, I believe, of the Daily Faceoff podcast this season. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as you enjoyed the first round of the NHL playoffs. Probably mm-hmm. not, but uh, the second round, you know, should be great as well. Uh, maybe not the Islanders Hurricanes, but you never know. It could be. It could still be just as exciting. Uh, yeah. Lots of big saves from Robin Lander, I'm assuming. Uh, maybe some more Peter Mrazek flying down the ice. I don't sure. know if you saw that yesterday. See him after it, they yeah, wanted to slide down his stomach from like the red line. Yeah, Mrazek's a beauty. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, stay tuned after the break uh, for my 20-minute conversation with Chris Abbott. Break down these series once again, but more from a betting perspective where he likes to place his money. Um on these teams so uh yeah we'll see you guys back here next week to talk about basically where the series stand yep. uh, after two or three four maybe games uh so enjoy my interview with chris abbott i'm brock segan dylan new talk to you guys next week peace broken down so i walked the line i dropped my wounds and i down i'm out of money i'm out of time Like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free
to the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm once again joined by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. How's it going, Chris? It's going great, Brock. Uh, how about that first round? Probably the craziest first round of all time. Uh, I would imagine. I mean, all four of the of the division winners knocked out. Uh, the Hurricanes got the job done last night, which I was quite excited about. Uh, I know we were both on the, the Hurricanes train at the start of the series, so uh, it was good to see them close it out. Of course, Justin Williams factors into the uh, the game-winning goal. Mr. Game 7 uh, just never never fails. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, I actually just saw a video. They had a post-game reaction inside the Hurricanes dressing room, so I encourage people to go check that out. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, was kind of surprised, I mean, especially the way Washington started that game. But uh, this Hurricanes team just didn't go away. But I also think Braden Holpe didn't have his best series. I think if he was on his game, this doesn't get anywhere near Game 7. Yeah, I was pretty surprised, and I saw a tweet after the series ended, and it was like, if you would have told me that, I think Sebastian Aho only had like four or five points, and Mrazek, I think, only had like an 895 save percentage, mm-hmm. you would have thought the series ended in four games. Yeah. Uh, but somehow, the, the Hurricanes were able to get it done. Uh, it's just great, because like from an analytics perspective, everybody was expecting this team to be good for the last three years, and they finally have gotten over that hump, so it's good to see. Um, and I mean, it's not really that surprising with all the upsets we saw in the first round. Um, but can we talk quickly before we get into the second round? Did you see the end of that Vegas game, uh, Game Seven against San Jose? Like that was—I don't know what was going on there. I personally had money on Vegas, so I was like, oh, I was—I think I was counting my money a little bit too early, and then all of a sudden, uh, what I deem as one of the worst penalty calls ever uh, turned that game on its head. And I mean, it was still fun to watch. Watching a team score four goals in five minutes is always a good time. I wish I didn't have money on that game because it would have been a lot more fun to watch. But I'm in the same boat as you. After the third goal, I actually I was in my bed watching it. I turned over, started like drifting off to sleep, and I was like, I had the money spent. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I actually faded off to sleep, and I woke up with like the goal horn in the background. I was like, okay, three one, that sucks. And I turn around, and there's four minutes left on a five minute major, and I'm like, what happened? And, uh, yeah, obviously we know what happened, but that was insane. And then when they tied it, uh, I got excited late with the Vegas tie, and that was awesome. But, uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy. I couldn't believe it. But um, that's just kind of a microcosm of what this whole playoffs has been like, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was like, even after Vegas tied it up and forced overtime, I'm like, okay, they're going to be able to overcome this. It's fine. And then they still lost. I just, it was... Uh... It was a roller coaster for like it was like ten, only ten minutes left in the game. Like I can't believe how much happened in the last ten minutes. It was wild. Uh, but let's talk about the second round. First round was crazy. I'm sure the second round uh, won't be any different. We'll start with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have been chilling since April 16th. Uh, they will play against the Boston Bruins. That series starts tonight. Bruins don't really get much of a break. Columbus has been chilling for a long time, uh, but still the the, the books have. Boston as the favorite in the series, minus 140. Columbus at plus 120 uh, for the series. Also, the Bruins are favorites in game one. Um, the Lions moved a little bit closer uh, because obviously I think people are jumping on the well-rested Blue Jackets. Where do you see uh, game one going and where do you uh, like this series? Well, it's the age-old thing. Like, are the Bruins just going to keep rolling? They've been playing at a high-intensity level. But, uh, you know, I kind of like Columbus. They've been sitting around for a bit, yes, but they've also had time to scout and prepare. And I think in today's NHL, that means a lot more than kind of playing playing every day and you know being in the playoff mode and all that. I think they're going to be well prepared. John Tortorella showed how good of a coach he was in round one. They showed how much their roster is willing 
to sacrifice and do what it takes. Sergei Bobrovsky was outstanding. I expect nothing less. So uh, I love Columbus in this series and in this game. And as you know, I'm a huge Bruins fan. I had them going to the Stanley Cup final, but I had them beating Tampa Bay along the way. This Blue Jackets team, it's a whole different challenge, I think, for Boston. And uh, so what I'm going to do, the series price is so close that it's not hardly even worth putting money on. So I'm going to bet Columbus to win tonight. And if they lose and the series price gets more like plus 200 Columbus, then I'm still interested in taking it because I, I think the Jackets have a, have a good chance to win this series. Yeah, I think this is another one of those series uh, where it could definitely go seven games. Uh, on paper, these teams look very similar. I mean, the Jackets did such a wonderful job at the trade deadline, uh, making that lineup so much deeper. Um, obviously, it's going to be tough for them to get anything going against the Bergeron line, much like we saw Marner and Tavares struggle in the first round. Um, but they have a lot of depth. They should be able to compete with Boston. And this long break helps uh, somebody like Sergei Bobrovsky so much. Uh, you know, he played a lot down the stretch. He was leaned on heavily uh, in the first round. And just getting a couple weeks off, I mean, that should do wonders for him. Uh, so I like the Blue Jackets. I got the Blue Jackets in seven as well. Uh, and like we talked about before, we uh, we hopped on the mics. They're not getting any respect right now, even though they just swept the number one team uh, in NHL history pretty much. Uh, so I like the Blue Jackets. It, I, I'm interested in taking them in game one because they're well-rested. So I'm going to go with it as well. Uh, we've got Dallas and St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis, the favorites to win this series at minus 160. Dallas at plus 140. Uh, Dallas was able to get by Nashville. Did not allow them to score a power play goal. I don't know how impressive that is considering how bad Nashville's power play is. But uh, where do you, who do you like to win this series? Boy, I, this, I'm looking forward to watching this one. I, I think St. Louis is going to win this series, but I think it's going to be a grind. I love Dallas. We talked about it last time we spoke. I love Dallas in this first round. Their first line really stepped up their game. Their young defensemen proved that this stage isn't too big for them. So I think the price on St. Louis is a little bit much for me to play from a series perspective. So I might wait and see what happens in the first couple of games and how the the lot betting lines are. Um, but I'm just really looking forward to watching these games. Like, I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot between these two teams, to be honest. But like I've tried to do throughout these playoffs, I had St. Louis going pretty deep before they started. They didn't do anything for me to have to change my mind. So I, I'm going to say St. Louis wins a series, but I think it's going to take six or seven games. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, like you know, I had St. Louis going to the Stanley Cup final, so I'm not going to shy away from taking them here. Uh, but it is a bit surprising to see that they are the biggest uh, favorites to win the series uh, at the start of the second round. I mean, they have been the best team uh, in the NHL since January, but Dallas really showed a lot there in the first uh, first round. I mean, Nashville, uh, you know, it's a quality side, won their division. But uh, St. Louis is still the team for me. The only thing um, I would say Ben Bishop is obviously uh, a big question mark. Uh, you know, they got to get by Ben Bishop. If they can't do that, then it's going to be, uh, you know, Dallas can, can win the series for sure. But I think that Ryan O'Reilly uh, can definitely match up well with Dallas's first line, and that should allow uh, St. Louis to win the series. But again, it all comes down to Jordan Bennington once again um, in goaltending, obviously. Um, so I'm, I'm on the St. Louis train still. It does come down to Bennington, of course, um, but I also think St. Louis's defense may be a little um, undervalued. Colton Pareko and Jay Bolmeister. I mean, Bolmeister's played everywhere, won everything except 
a Stanley Cup. I don't think he's ever won the Stanley Cup. And uh, Alex Petrangelo. So I like the St. Louis decor, and I think they're going to do a better job in standing up to Ben and Sagan and Radulov than Nashville's defense could. So um, I think that'll be an area where Dallas's forwards get more of a challenge in this round. But I also think that Dallas might is a little bit undervalued. Like they're a pretty good hockey team, and I really love the way Jim Montgomery coaches them. So, like I said, I think Montgomery and Barube might fight in this series. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> I, that. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. So I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, you make a good point about the St. Louis Blue Line. They're a little bit more rugged, a little bit more physical than the Predators blue line you know predators blue line is great but they're very offensive minded uh a lot of skill where a little bit more toughness i'd say on the back end for st louis um but man alex radulov is on an absolute tear right now so if he can stay hot and dallas one stays hot this could be uh, an electric series for sure uh let's go now back to the eastern conference where you've got the islanders and the hurricanes islanders are minus 125 hurricanes plus 105 uh, if you ask anybody in September, I don't think a single human on earth would have told you that the Islanders and Hurricanes would be meeting in the second round. But here we are. Who do you like in the series? Well, yeah, one of these teams is guaranteed to be in the final four of the NHL, right? That's would crazy. Thought? Nobody would have even had either of these teams going to the playoffs, I don't think, let alone uh, what they've done. But that's uh, kudos to Rob Brindamore and Barry Trotz and the two rosters. Here's something I think is going to play a huge factor in this series and why I might lean towards Carolina. The Islanders are going to play their home games at Barclays Center, and that's totally different than the atmosphere at Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, people might not think that's a big deal. I think it is. I think that changes. I think that changes things. Um, also, the Islanders. I was just looking at this before we talked. Actually, now these teams haven't played since I think the last time they played was January, and before that it was like October, November. So it's really hard to put too much stock in those games, but. In the first three games they played, the Islanders had 20, 20, and 19 shots on goal in those games. So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Carolina, as we know, plays a super tough brand of hockey. Um, so in this series, I'm going to be looking more at like goal totals under. Like We might see our first ever four-and-a-half total set for a game yeah. in this series. Like I think it's going to be really, really low scoring. Um, but I, I, I'm going to keep an eye on that Barclays Center thing and... I might give the uh, the Hurricanes a little bit of an advantage, but Barry Trotz is, uh, has been awesome the last, what, 18 months? So yeah. hard to go against him. Yeah, it's actually funny that you bring up the Barclays Center. Uh, one of our co-hosts, Biebs, last week actually brought that up and said, you know, I think if they were playing at NASA, I might like the Islanders a little bit more. Uh, but Barclays, just not the same atmosphere, and it, it could play a factor for sure. Um, it's hard to say... Carolina definitively is going to win this series just because, you know, Mrazek, an 8.95 save percentage going up against Lander, who's been outstanding all year, uh, best save percentage in the NHL uh, in the playoffs so far. But they just fire so many shots that, you know, some are bound to get by Lander eventually, you would think. And uh, the fact that they were able to get by the Hurricanes, uh, you know, and being, or sorry, by, by the Capitals, and they were so banged up. I mean, you got there's there's got to be something to say there for them. I still like Carolina in this series, but I think it's going to be um, extremely low scoring, like you just said. But you know, if they can get Svechnikov back for Game One, uh, you know, if they eventually get Michael Furland back, that just makes them an even better team than they already have been throughout these playoffs. And so I still like Carolina in this one, but I think you know all three of these series we've talked about so far are going to are extremely uh, tightly contested, and you know we could see every single one of these series go to six seven games. Here's the one thing that I uh, also think about for the Islanders. 
guys that maybe we were a little surprised in them stepping up in the first round, like a guy like Jordan Everly, who's been now sitting around for 10 days, is he going to still be electric yeah. when this series starts? Or is he going to go back to what he's been traditionally in the last few years? Look, I was always a big Jordan Everly guy. Obviously, he scored one of the biggest goals in Canadian hockey history. But um, his, you know, his, his performance over time has led us to not expect what we saw from him in the first round. So that's going to be something for me to keep an eye on early as well. Yeah, like, and that was the big question mark about the Islanders coming into the playoffs is are they going to be able to score enough goals to compete with a team? Like even if Robin Leonard stays on their, stands on his head, are they going to score enough to, to compete? Uh, and, you know, they did have some pretty outstanding performances uh, from guys like Eberle, Josh Bailey had a good series too, uh, Matt Barzell. So uh, you would think that they might... They should be able to have some success against a guy like Peter Mrazek, but uh, there's obviously still big question marks when it comes to the Islanders. Uh, they love to play that fourth line like 20 minutes a night, and they're not going to score a lot of goals. So a um, lot of question marks still. I'm not totally sold on the Islanders, but Barry Trotz, it's hard to bet against them right now. Uh, the final series is San Jose versus Colorado. Uh, the Avalanche, another one of those teams that nobody really saw making it through the first round. All they did was beat the Flames in five. Uh, and now they're plus 115 against the San Jose Sharks, who are minus 135. Obviously, the story of this series is the depth of the San Jose Sharks versus the lack of depth of the Avalanche. But the Avalanche top line, arguably the best in hockey. Uh, do you think the Avalanche have a chance to pull off an upset here? Oh, absolutely I do. Uh, I look at this much like the Columbus-Boston series where Colorado's had some time. I don't think they're – I think they're very healthy – um, and Philip Grubauer is playing good hockey. And then on the other side, you've got the San Jose Sharks. While they have depth, how healthy are they? Like Joe Pavelski didn't return. Uh, Jonas Donskoy was out in Game 7. I, I mean, San Jose were on fumes when they won that game. Don't mm -hmm. kid yourself. So for them to turn around now and play a team that plays fast and heavy like Colorado does, I can see the Avalanche getting a jump before San Jose is able to get into this series. I, I love the Avalanche here. Um, they opened my eyes in the first round. Obviously, I think San Jose is built a whole lot differently than the Calgary Flames are, and they will have a little more pushback. But uh, I, I like the Avalanche here for sure. Yeah, I, I just I'm going to continue the trend of just betting against Martin Jones. I mean, he he, he <laughs> yeah, that ruined, too. broke my heart a little bit there in the first round. But I'm never going to bet on a team uh, that is you know got Martin Jones between the pipes. I just can't do it. Uh, especially when he's going up against Nathan McKinnon. Uh, we saw guys like Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone uh, have outstanding first rounds against Martin Jones, and Nathan McKinnon's better than both of them. So I think he could absolutely light uh, Martin Jones up. Miko Rantanen uh, led the team in points in the first round. He's obviously great as well. So I'm going to be – I'm in on the avalanche. Uh, I think it's going to be you know another uh, maybe six, seven-game series. I'm going to say seven. Uh, because there is a ton of talent in San Jose. Uh, there's, a, you know, obviously they're going to have enough. You know, it, it all depends. Can Philip Grubauer keep playing the way Philip Grubauer played in the first round? Uh, you know, he's never really had these prolonged stretches of hot play, but he was outstanding in the first round. And hopefully Nathan McKinnon can continue to just carry this team. I'd love to see Colorado get by the Sharks here, uh, only because I'm a little bit crusty about how the Sharks moved on. I'm, I'm still a little bit bitter. Yeah, me and you both. Let me let me tell you this. Timo Meyer was really, really good at the end of that San Jose series. So I'm looking forward to watching him uh, go up against McKinnon. Two former Halifax Mooseheads, the hockey factory that is the Mooseheads organization, and they're both explosive players. So that's going to be really fun. But there's something about that Colorado team I really like. I also really like 
Jared Bednar's uh, calm demeanor after they won the series with Calgary. Um, you know, they had their, uh, they kind of ran into some, some conflicting personality issues during the season with the coaches and the players, but I think they figured that out. And uh, yeah, this Colorado team to me is, is one to watch. I even put a futures bet on them at plus 850 yesterday to win the Stanley Cup. Not a bad idea. Uh, you know, with long odds like that, it's worth a shot. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, about tonight's game with the Blue Jackets in Boston. You'd like the Blue Jackets uh, to win game one. The other game on the slate tonight is Dallas in St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis minus 160, Dallas plus 135. The over-under is at five right now. Uh, are you laying a bet on this game tonight? I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to grab a beer and sit back and watch. Like I think <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. If I do make a bet, it'll probably be under under five, but um, I don't see this, uh, like I think St. Louis is going to win, but at minus 160, I'm not I'm not that interested. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Chris. As always, I look forward to another exciting second round here. I mean, it's going to be hard for the second round to live up to what the first round brought us, but I mean, with all these, you know, kind of random teams that nobody's really seen, it's going to be exciting to see uh, who ends up making it to the conference final. So thanks as always, and I'm sure we'll be talking here next week about some more craziness that, that happened here in the second round. Awesome, man. I can't wait. Uh, good luck uh, to you guys with uh, any bets you make and obviously your fantasy stuff. See you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.